What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special episode of Octo Radio, a special interview that we are happy to present here because we are in the dawn of a new era. We were supposed to be in the dawn of a new era, but then the you know the year got crazy and everything happened. So now it is officially happening. Star Wars fans salivating to be able to explore the High Republic era that we know takes place before the saga proper that we are all so used to. Now we're here with a rich new story, a new plethora of characters, and we're so excited to be able to dive in today with the first High Republic creator that we have been lucky enough to have on the show. We're talking to the author of Star Wars The High Republic, A Test of Courage. It's Justina Ireland. Justina, what's going on? Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I, you know, it's, <laughs> I think that's just the year is over and we shall leave it at that. Yeah. Move on to brighter, better things. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all just ready to be like, good night, sweet prince. It's, it's time for you to just go away. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just keep thinking 2020 is going to be that year that old people talk about. Like, well, it was nothing compared to 2020, which is um, really exciting to have that to look forward to. So. <laughs> oh, I completely agree. Like, I, they, they talk about, like, you know, Great Depression people and how they – they would have these weird habits of like saving aluminum foil and then washing it and all this stuff. And I'm like, what yeah. habits am I going to have? Like somebody tries to shake my hand. Am I going to punch them? Like what's going to happen? Like it's yeah. gonna... <laughs> yes, yeah, that decidedly that different world. We shall go with. But I, I will Get say, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Uh, it's going to be weird times for sure. But thankfully, uh, you know, obviously the timeline was thrown off a little bit for you know in terms of our excitement and in terms of our ability to consume high republic but you've been sitting on this obviously for a long time but we're able now to finally talk mm -hmm. about it so let's talk about sort of this process how long you've been sitting on it it's it's been a movie length production process in terms of how long <laughs> it's taken from the initial meetings, you know, we saw in that wonderful trailer uh, that Lucasfilm posted uh, to all the Star Wars social pages and stuff that we were able to see. It had a unique, uh, in, ter uh, in terms of publishing, a unique emphasis on concept art, on creative meetings, having a whole summit. Uh, so tell me, you know, take me back to the beginning and tell me what it was like to really break this like Lucasfilm would break any of their films or, or shows. I, you know, it, it's what's so strange about this is, I have found when I'm in things, when I'm in the middle of doing things, I tend to just focus on, on doing the work, on getting the work done. And this has really been, this month, I would say, has really been the first time I think we've been able to look back at like all the work we've done and say, holy crap, we did a lot. Like we did a lot of, of world building, of, of breaking story, of, of collaborating. And so, yeah, so we all started, um, man, I'm going to, get the years wrong because it's all one big blur to me now but we started um the first time from the first time we started at the ranch at the ranch our first meeting there um and those first or those early story breaking sessions that was i think the probably the first clue that this was not going to be um like anything else we had worked on everybody on the team daniel was the older kevin scott charles soul and claudia gray you know we've all written books we've all worked on on bigger you know bigger projects but this was the first time, and this is definitely the biggest thing I've ever worked on, because it was the first time where I felt like this was equally as important, like you said, as a movie or a TV show. Um, because I, like, 
books tend to get the uh, the opposite direct, uh, treatment, right? Like we're books are like the source for TV shows, right? They usually pull stories from books, and then you you don't get like concepts are, and you don't get like that deep consideration of, of story, right? Because you're just in it for that one book, and then you're done. So this was this is really like I mean I I I keep trying to explain to people, or even like find the words to describe how amazing this has been not just as like a star wars fan to like see like cool concepts are and like cool vehicles and like pick and choose and like have those conversations about what makes sense and what doesn't but also as as a creator as a writer to be able to have so much support and also like so much creative freedom within the star wars sandbox mm-hmm. is it's pretty amazing it's pretty awesome and i think that i think the reason it does work and it has worked so far and of course there are people be people who are like it didn't work you're lying um but it did work the reason <laughs> it did work um is because we all love stories so much so you know when we're talking about when we're talking about doing this we're not trying to reinvent the wheel we're we're going to a fandom and we're going into storytelling that we've all you know experienced and and been has been in our lives, probably most of us since we were kids. And so getting to tell those stories that we've always wanted to tell, or we've always been like, you know what would be cool? This, but also this with it. Um, we finally get to have those stories. And so I think that's like one of the, the greatest compliments people have told me. Um, they're like, these stories feel like Star Wars stories. And that's really really all we wanted, right? Like we just you just don't want something that that feels like it belongs like it feels like that big um audacious storytelling you know with those with those you know necessary you know comedic beats and you know those those relationships that you you wonder like where are they going to go next and those sorts of things and um and it's it's really great that so far people have been looking at all the work we've done um even if it might be a little unconventional for books compared to like tv shows and movies Mm -hmm. and they seem to be embracing what we're trying to trying to create there which is really i think the most important part because if if you create something and the fans don't come along then what's the point like (laughs) yeah i mean especially in terms of square one yeah especially in terms of star wars i mean because it belongs to not just so many different people but so many different backgrounds so many different uh, walks of life and generations and one thing that has been really uh inspiring and just engaging about the high republic in particular is seeing how people are hungry for this this new spin on Star Wars, for this new look at what is, you know, at least at, at the beginning of the story. I mean, it's it's the heyday. It's the it's the golden era, and it's so Arthurian in its way. So I'm I'm curious, just in terms of approaching it as a part of this team. You know, you talked about how it has to feel like Star Wars and how that's such the high compliment that you're hearing, which is amazing, and and it's so hard to quantify that you know or, or to articulate what mm-hmm. feeling like star wars is but what was the the mentality in the room of you know killing our darlings maybe we change this maybe we do that maybe we bend this a little bit that way we can achieve something that is uh fresh but also still definitely is married to something like a skywalker saga at least in tone and spirit yeah so um one of the early things we did was sort of kind of um, come together what we wanted our aesthetic to be like and that's where we get like that the age of Camelot not just Camelot and King Arthur but also like that 1960s golden era 
where anything felt possible in the shadow of um, World War II and, and, and the Depression, but yet hadn't really, you know, um, American, a lot of American um, issues haven't really kicked off yet with like the civil rights movement and those sorts of things. So, you know, that you have like that, that, that moment, right, when JFK is like first elected, where everyone's like, this is it, like, this is America. Yeah. And as a historian, you know, bad things are coming. Right? <laughs> like, we're gonna put them on the moon. It's like, yes, but also there's going to be some really bad stuff that's going to happen as well. And I think going into the high republic with that kind of attitude it's like we want really things to be really cool and awesome but bad things are going to have to happen and how do we make those bad things feel like a new era and a new threat to people who are going to have much worse things in the future <laughs> right like like right. some of our characters will make it right they're long we have very long-lived species in star wars but some of those characters are going to witness the things that happen in the high republic and then also you know go on and live um, probably not through Order 66, womp womp, but, you know, maybe, you know, beyond that. And so, like, you get to have, like, this kind of, this really cool perspective because you're writing before most of the storytelling. But at the same time, you can only change so much, right? Because then it will cease to be Star Wars. So you want it to be different enough that it feels different, but also recognizable to fans. Because, you know, we 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 always talk about core and casual fans and you see people talk about like, well, if you're a core fan, you know, these sorts of things. Um, but I also think star Wars should be welcoming and, and accessible to everyone. Um, which is one of the reasons I've always been a big fan of, of the kids books because, um, you know, I want to be able to share star Wars with my kid and I don't necessarily want to hand her like a 400 page Del Rey book. <laughs> right. Say, now you are going to learn about the politics under, you know, admiral thrawn and she, she's like i don't i don't know what to do with this right yeah, here, so here's like bloodline her like here's book. all these books yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which we love i mean like, but at like, the same time yeah yeah, yeah i mean like right. i love lost stars but like she's gonna be like boo kissing like right like she's gonna be like what right. do i care and so like i love having like younger books i do think um that's that's part of it is being able to share storytelling with the people in your family um you mentioned that about like star wars you know appealing to a number of generations and lots of different um, backgrounds. And I think that's one of the great things about Star Wars is it is for everybody. And I think we try to keep that in mind as well when we were writing our stories. It's like, how can we make this accessible? Not only to like the core fan who's going to get when you name drop a character, um, but the casual fan who maybe is only, this is the first Star Wars that they're picking up. They've seen the movies, maybe watched The Mandalorian, um, probably maybe skip the cartoons or watch some of the cartoons, the Clone Wars and Rebels and that. Um, right. But how can we invite them into the storytelling as well? Because I do think, um, I, always, I always hate that feeling of gatekeeping, of trying to keep certain people out because they're not the right kind of fan. Yeah. Um, when the reality is, fandom exists when you can appeal to all kinds of different fans. Um, because if you're only, a, you know, five people cannot keep a fandom alive. <laughs> as, much as, as much as some of us have tried, you know, RIP Firefly. <laughs> Um, oh, like, wow. Yeah. Keep well, a fandom alive with, with, with only like a handful of people. So. We're still flying. And Justine, so I, I do, still flying. I know. I know. I'm like, I'm like, I know there's still comics. But, um, but yeah, but like, so it's just, it's, it's really weird. Cause like the writing process is never as straightforward as, as we like to pretend it is. It's really a matter of putting a whole bunch of random things in like your brain blender and seeing what comes out. 
Um, and sometimes what comes out is like a real great smoothie. And sometimes what comes out is like a weird cold soup. And people are like, I don't like cold soup. I would rather have a smoothie. And so like, <laughs> that's kind of how this was. It's like, but you got to do it with other people. So like if, if somebody thought of something and we were like, uh, maybe, um, and then somebody's like, well, how about we do that? But like, you know, change it slightly this way. You know, we'd be like, yes, that's what, you know. And so it's, it's really n nice to, um, kind of have that support group like because you don't have that when you're writing like your own like when I write my own books like it's just me and like the you know trying to figure out like the characters until my right. editor sees it and then you might be like ah maybe not um but in this case you get like real-time reactions and you get to have that experience you know from the very beginning of the writing process and in terms I think of that was a really long way to answer your question but no, please please <laughs> yeah, I mean you're I, I will never stop a tangent we'll never stop a tangent especially about Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just, I'm curious in terms of, you know, you talked about how you're wanting to be able to have that sweet spot. I mean, and, and it is such a particular intersection of uh, enough, not rewards. You know, I, I don't like the gimme, gimme, like reward us. Like we deserve like that. That to me is such a weird uh, thing in fandom culture, but it is, you know, you look at Mandalorian, we're coming off that second season. It has plenty of stuff where if somebody's watching the show and they meet Bo-Katan or Ahsoka Tano, it's like they might just mm -hmm. think, oh, this is a Jedi I've never met before. But then there's also those those ripples and those those layers of of history for other people, you know, and obviously High Republic has Yoda, which you're going to be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't know who Yoda is. But it is possible that a child oh, yeah. picks this up and experiences Yoda and just knows this version, which is curious. So it, it does lead itself into that conversation of established versus not established. And you've written Lando on Lando's Luck. You've played with our, our mm -hmm. sequel trilogy cast as well in Spark of the Resistance. So I'm curious, what's the difference for you as a Star Wars fan playing with the tools that have been laid before you by, you know, other creators, including even George with someone like Lando, but then, you know, creating someone like uh, Vernestra for a test of courage. What's the, the process there? Yeah, so, um, so great characters, I think, are, are always, always going to, to carry a story um, no matter what. Um, and so I think, you know, in cases of like Lando, it's really, that book was really easy to write because like, I know Lando, right? Like we've had so much time with Lando. We even have like, you know, some of the, the, the decanonized like sexy Nan Lando novels from like the eighties. I don't know if you remember those. Um, there was like four <laughs> the of them. Great covers. Like, I was like, I just, yes, one of those very pulpy covers and like Lando was very smooth. Um, but like, I think, it was the Lando for me, I will say, was much easier to write than Ray and Poe and Rose because I had grown up with Lando. So Lando was from, you know, obviously I'm old enough that I can say like the original trilogy, those were my Star Wars movies. I was by the time the sequel or the prequel, excuse me, came out, um, I was already like an adult. I was a young adult, but I was an adult. And then by the time the sequel trilogy came out, you know, that was my daughter's first Star Wars movie. So we went and saw Force Awakens in theaters and it was like for her, like a very exciting moment. And so one of the things I wanted to do when creating characters for the High Republic is create characters for those younger readers who this might be their first exposure to Star Wars, um, who maybe they like saw like Clone Wars on Disney Plus or something, like maybe they haven't seen a movie yet, um, or they've only seen the movies, but they don't have like context for it. And so I wanted to give a, create a story that was like that. And I think it's once you have an idea of the kind of story you want to tell, 
it's much easier to find characters that will fit into that story as opposed to finding stories for certain characters, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's kind of a little bit uh, of, a, of a switch in process where when I'm writing, um, you know, Ray or Lando, I already know what their character is like. So now I have to figure out what kind of story I can tell with those characters. Whereas when it came time to write a test of courage, before I had even started writing, I was like, what kind of story do I want to tell and what characters would work best in that? And so then I'm creating characters to fit the story that I'm already telling. That's going to, you know, and that story, of course, the story I'm already going to tell is already linked into the larger storytelling. Whereas when you're writing something that's already established, you have to figure out how to link into that storytelling a little differently because you're kind of like a little bit more isolated. Um, so yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's still one of those processes. Um, I always joke and say like every book you write is different um, just because that's how writing is. Um, but in this case, it was a distinct difference from the other Star Wars books I've, I've written um, in a way that I think is maybe a little more terrifying. Because when you have established characters and you know people love them, as long as you are true to the character, you know that a certain number of people are going to read your book. <laughs> but like when yeah. you're writing brand new characters that nobody's heard of, and you're like, please like them. <laughs> please, please like them. <laughs> um, because I love them, and I want you to love them. So when you hang out with somebody and you bring, yes. you bring your friend, and, but they're not friends with them? Yes. And you're like, please, yeah, they're please. Like, I, I don't just, know about them. And you're like, they're cool, I promise. <laughs> yeah, make, it, make a connection. I mean, I, I, I even remember that with, uh, you know, coming off of Clone Wars, you've got Dave Filoni, uh, you know, who's won the hearts of so many people with Ahsoka. But he also did have, you know, so many established characters to work with in the Clone Wars. Then he does Rebels. And it's yeah. like, yeah, we'll touch on established characters sometimes, but you have to really sell these six new characters uh, and and make people fall in love with them, and it's a it's a difficult task in Star Wars. Yeah. But but I think that a lot of it, like you're saying, is story first and and themes is something I wanted to ask you about um, as we're starting to, to to wind down here. Is themes are so universal in Star Wars, and there's so many that are you know repeated and rippled out, and there are cyclical things of you know parents and their children, and of you know temptation and choice. I'm curious if you could tell people. Um, about a test of courage and about its place in terms of the whole uh, Star Wars tapestry of the High Republic, what you think uh, people can gather from this one? What could they can expect this to be a story uh, really about? I mean, I think one of my favorite Star Wars themes is this idea of we are greater together than we are alone. Um, and I think that's really what I tried to kind of bring to this uh story is like the idea that and it's such a it's such a great theme for for younger kids too because they're like i can do it myself and it's like sometimes it's better with a team (laughs) um and i think like that's where i wanted to land because i do think that's such a like you know we we see it over and over especially in the original trilogy how like how things always go a little sideways when leia han and or han however you want to say it um and and uh luke are like kind of separated right like they're always better together. They're always better. And of course, Chewie. I always feel bad about leaving Chewie out. But like, they're always like, you know, you, you, when we get them separated on screen, we're a little worried because we're like, ah, they're always better together. And then there's always that sense of relief, especially, at, you know, at the end of, um, of Empire Strikes Back when like, you know, Luke rejoins Leia and Han at the end. And even though he's like been through this terrible battle and he's like, oh no, Darth Vader's my dad and he cut off my hand. 
um, spoilers for anybody who's not seen this movie. Um, <laughs> it's a little little film. Little film. Sense little of film. Relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A small film. Um, but there's a sense of relief when they come back together, right? As a viewer, because you're like, it's fine, because they're gonna figure it out. They're on the Falcon. They're all together, and they'll figure it out, and they're gonna fix this, and everything's gonna be fine. And I wanted, like, I love that feeling. I love that feeling of even though things aren't completely put to bed or fixed. There's that moment where we're all here, we're together, we've survived this thing, and we're better for it. We've, we come on the other side. And so I really wanted to have that, that theme of, of working together and, and, you know, knowing who you are and, and working with your strengths instead of focusing on your limits and seeing how, how that will come together. I mean, but then put that in space because space is much cooler than anywhere else. So. Right. Absolutely. You, you st- take all of that stuff. I mean, it's the old, uh, it's the old sort of like Buffy metaphor of like, and then you, we made it horror. Yeah. We made high school horror. It's like you take, yeah. you take these themes of that we could teach children, you put it in this grand setting. And I think that that's informed so many of us. And, and I mean, you know, you're talking about how that theme connects to you and how um, you shared force awakens, you know, as a parent, all of that stuff is, is so powerful. And that's what I love about um, how high Republic was conceptualized as not just multi-publisher, but uh, every age group. And, and it's YA, it's, you know, it's the adult novels, and which is a bigger conversation of like, you know, that distinction, but also the all ages material mm-hmm. is so important and comics is so important. So I'm curious about the, uh, the divvying up of like assignments and if there's going to be a little bit of shuffling. I mean, we already know that uh, Kevin Scott's going to be moving into the second novel uh, coming up in summer 2021. Do you have a desire to jump over and say, oh, I want to do a comic now? Or what's that sort of uh, musical chairs going to be like? So, yeah, there will be some shuffling. Um, I think, you know, if you if you look at us, at the team as creators, we've all, you know, written, you know, quite prolifically in a lot of different areas. And I know it sounds like I'm tooting my horn, but I look mostly I'm tooting everybody else's horn because <laughs> the great thing is, is like when you write in a lot of different mediums, like you have a different perspective on storytelling. So, you know, storytelling in a comic is somehow somewhat the same as storytelling in prose, but also different, right? Because you have that visual aspect to it. So one of the things that has been nice is having everybody say, okay, I'm going to do this over here and I'm going to take these characters and then like figure out where characters are when, because, you know, so we can track their arcs. So yeah, you're going to see a lot of shuffling. You're going to see a lot of um, everybody trying out whatever they feel like. I will tell you, you will probably not see me write comics um, just because I am very intimidated by that script format. And also I'm a little bit of a control freak. So not having control over the art, like drawing it myself. And I'm a terrible artist. Like it's not like it's never going to happen where I draw my own art. Right. But, like that for me, it would be a little hard. I like, I'm like, I love prose. I love writing that way. And I love that kind of storytelling. And so, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think you will see, um, I think, I think he will. It's already been announced, but Daniel's doing, Daniel Jose Older is doing the next um, middle grade. Um, I don't think they've released the title or the cover yet, but it's coming soon. So, That's yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, you will see a, a bit of, of characters moving around. So, it's, it's also nice because, like, you know, if you don't want to read the middle grade books, which I don't know why you wouldn't want to because they're amazing, um, but if you don't want to read the middle grade books, you know, you will get introduced to characters as they come through different um, mediums. And that way, you know, you're still getting a full story, even if you only just stick to one format. 
That's fantastic. And I have to ask you this last question because it was, you know, as High Republic was ramping up and, you know, I was starting to be able to get uh, some, you know, some very fortunate early looks at this material. And we all had this sort of, we all had this fan understanding that this was pretty much going to be only publishing until it wasn't. Uh, And there was that announcement of The Acolyte, which takes place far away from your stories, at least far enough away, but still in the High Republic era that you've created. And that's at the end of the High Republic era, show run by Leslie Headland of Russian Doll fame. It's going to be on Disney Plus, a story of dark side powers and uh, and subterfuge, and it's a thriller. Was this a complete shock to you, or how did you react? Are you like nervous about seeing this era visualized uh, on screen? Um, no, not really. Um, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, I try to just focus on like the next week i know it's like seems like really strange like because like publishing takes place like you know i'm working on books that won't come out till 2022 right now um so publishing definitely has like a long view of things Mm -hmm. but i tend to just focus on like my immediate storytelling and like the thing i'm working on now so with like with this branching out into other areas I am not surprised, but I am also not paying attention. So I would not be the person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like, I am honest. Like I am just like, I am so like deep into like high Republic and then like working on my own stuff. It's just like, someone's like, did you see these announcements? And I was like, no, because I was watching TV at that when those announcements were happening. So (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to just, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I am, I've never, I've actually never been that kind of a fan. Um, my husband is, he's, he can tell you like the movie releases and those sorts of things for, right. um, and the things that are going to come to Disney Plus. But me, I'm just like, oh, look, there's another season of Mandalorian. How awesome. Like, <laughs> I like being pleasantly surprised. That's a peaceful so life, Justina. Kind of like, that sounds so peaceful. Yes. <laughs> I am trying to make my own happy. And I, and I find that it's like, if I'm not worried, about like when the Obi-Wan show is going to come out or that whatever the next thing is, I can just enjoy what's around me at the moment. So yeah. So no, I had, I had no idea about the acolyte. I'm not sure if I was supposed to, and I, and I haven't been thinking about it at all. I feel like Leslie, I, I enjoyed Russian doll. Um, so I feel like uh, she's probably good at doing her own job. So I look forward to whatever she produces. There it is. There it is. Well, thank you so much. I mean, at some point when this all dies down, we'll do a full, uh, we'll, I'll connect with you. We'll do a full dive into your whole Star Wars background. I need to hear the stories of Force Awakens with your daughter. I need to hear the stories of, of you, you know, watching the original trilogy, all this stuff. But in terms of the High Republic, uh, this was a wonderful opportunity to be able to talk, to dive in and to get people excited for a new Star Wars that is uh, distinctly its own, that is fresh, that is bright and hopeful. So uh, thank you so much for the time. Oh, thank you. I hope you have a great day. As for this show, you can find me personally always at AD underscore Strider on Twitter at A period D period Strider on Instagram. And this show is at Octo Radio, A-H-C-H-T-O Radio on all your social media platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you want to just scroll down and give a review, that'd be great. No pressure, but it really would be great. It does help out the show. Um, Algorithms are dumb, and we all know that. No one likes algorithms, but, you know, we know that stars and reviews do help. So if you want to do that, it would be much appreciated. And if you're using the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voicemail. I know it's a little bit difficult because... 
you don't necessarily know who the next guest is going to be. But some general questions that I can throw at any guest are always encouraged. So definitely do that. And so for me, for Octo Radio, punch it, Chewy. Chewy.